if that that is a good ministry if you have an opportunity to go and be a part of that on a Sunday afternoon you will be blessed as you go out there and receive praise the Lord for those of you that are watching online uh, whether you're on Facebook or you're picking this up on YouTube later uh, we are here Heartland Christian Family at 3025 South Westwood in Poplar Bluff Missouri and we invite you to come and be a part of what God is doing because God is here in this place. Amen? Amen. And we know that because he does miraculous things in our hearts and in our lives. Praise the Lord. Is there anybody that has a testimony tonight you want to share? Is that yes, Nelson? No, okay. <laughs> Good to see Nelson here with a smile on his face. Can you come down here? Yeah. You have to, if it's a blessing to other people, we want to let them hear it as well as, you know, not just here, but on the, the video as well. Amen. God gives us grace every day. Amen. My dad used to pray even over meals saying, Lord, thank you for your mercy and your grace. I understand that a little more every day. With issues going on with me right now, I am completely miserable. But I, you know, I'm here. Yes. And the, the things that are wrong now seem very small because the things that would have killed me over the last two weeks, there's no nothing out there. No blood <laughs> clots in my leg. The swelling is gone. Praise the Lord. You know, my chest, there's no swelling around my heart anymore. Um, and they, they did ultrasound, all kinds of stuff on my heart and my legs. And the arteries have no blockage whatsoever. And they thought that there was a lot. And, you know, I came and got prayer that one night, and I saw the doctor that week. And, you know, I have to say, God touched me. That's right. And I got the healing I came here for. <laughs> because the doctors couldn't find what they said was there. So yeah. I'm grateful, and I hope that touches somebody. Amen. Oh, that's terrific, Tanya. Uh, I know when my dad was living, he had been diagnosed with a heart attack, and then he was taking nitroglycerin pills. And uh, Stephanie and I had just gotten married, and they – my sister called me in the middle of the night and said, you got to pray for dad. He's gone to the hospital. And come to find out later, he was home alone in the yard, and he started having chest pains, started taking his nitros, and it, nothing would help. And so finally, I don't know if my mother came home, I can't remember, or uh, if he just was able to get to the house, but he got to the hospital. And they did, and this was Barnes-Jewish in St. Charles, they did a, an angiogram on him. And uh, meanwhile, he's just laying on the, on the gurney and he's praying, Jesus, help me. You know, the prayer doesn't have to be great big. You know, the Lord hears and he understands. He said, Jesus, help me. And uh, the doctor came back in and said, Mr. McAnulty, I'm sorry, we've got to put you through this test again. There's something wrong with our equipment. <laughs> there wasn't nothing wrong with their equipment because when they did the test again, his arteries were clear just like yours, Tanya. And the doctor, not only that, but the doctor said he had the heart of an 18-year-old. God touched him. So we know that God can do those things. Amen. Praise the Lord. One more testimony from Dad, and then we'll get into the message. Uh, Dad was diagnosed with diverticulitis. If you know what that is, the doctors say there is no recovery from diverticulitis. It's little polyps inside your intestines, and it can be very painful. And, you know, you, you can get seeds in, in those areas and really hurt. And so he could not eat any tomatoes, couldn't eat cucumbers. I mean, you know, you have to really go on a drastic diet. 
But you know what? God healed him. And until the day he died, he did not have any diverticulitis symptoms after the Lord touched him. Amen. Nothing is too big for God. Not one thing. Praise the Lord. Well, let's get into the Word tonight. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and it says this, But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, we lift ourselves up to you tonight, knowing, Lord, that apart from you we're nothing, but you are everything, Lord, and we submit unto you and ask you to minister through us tonight and minister unto each heart that's here and those that are watching online. May your word ring true in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. So I want you to think about God's gracious gifts. I want you to think about right now some of the things that the Lord has blessed you with. And I want to ask you one question. Did you earn those things? Not one, did you? Come on, call out some of the things God's blessed you with. What's He blessed you with? Huh? Life itself, you bet. What else? Somebody else. Finances. He's blessed us financially, yeah. What else? Health. Yes. Says our senior citizen, 80, how many? 81, and works just as hard as anybody else. Praise the Lord. You, you know, and how about salvation? We forgot that one. He's blessed us with salvation, which means that when we pass, we don't uh, just go into nothingness, and we know that we're not going to hell. We're going to heaven because he has given us the gift of eternal life. And you know what? God wants to give every single one of his children the things that they need to succeed. He wants you to have success. And let's turn and read. I'm going to get back to, to 2 Timothy. That's our base scripture. But let's read in 2 Peter. This is a wonderful scripture. Peter's writing and he says this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Wow. Not just grace and peace, but grace and peace be multiplied. Have more than enough, all that you need. And in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, Jesus our Lord, as His divine power, listen to this, has given to us all things, say all things, that means everything, there's nothing left out, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, by which we have been given have been given to us. Man, he goes into this again. This this just super abundance. He says, exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Wow. Jesus loves us so much that he's given us everything that we need to live for him and be ready one day to be in heaven with him. Amen. That is so wonderful, isn't it? Now, when a young man or an older man asks uh, someone, a young lady, to marry him, he usually gives her a ring. And that ring... It might have a zirconium, it might have a diamond, you know, <laughs> but it's a ring. And it's a promise. Listen to what Jesus said. He called us in the scriptures the bride of Christ. And Jesus said, I will send you the promise of the Father, the comforter, the spirit of truth. So when we have when we get saved. Holy Spirit comes and lives in our hearts. 
And when the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our hearts, that is like the engagement ring that a young lady receives when she gets married, gets, gets engaged. It's the promise that that man is going to take her and walk her down the aisle and give her a real, uh, the other ring to go along with it, the band. And we have that promise from Jesus, and that promise is the Holy Spirit. And he's with us. And you know what? Jesus promised us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And how is that? By his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is always with us. Amen. Now, going back to our main text, this is the time, one of the times of the year that I just really don't care for. I love the fall. I love that. The colors are beautiful. You know, I, but I don't care for the emphasis on Halloween. You know, and you, you look at the TV guide, and they got all of these horror movies that they're trying to put out that they think that people want to see those to be entertained. But we know as believers that if you watch those horror movies, it creates a fear within you that you don't trust the Lord that you begin to be fearful. I know when, I, when I've watched horror movies, you know, and I have to uh, admit it, uh, several years ago, my wife and I started watching this, uh, this uh, Walking Dead show, all right? And I was watching that, and did you know when I went out of dark, uh, that Bob, that I would start looking around the corner, thinking that there were zombies out there? <laughs> what is that? That's the enemy. But you know, we don't need to put ourselves in fear because that kind of fear is not healthy. And I just shut the door on that. I said, I'm not going to watch those movies anymore. I don't want to watch those. I don't need to put that stuff in my mind because, you know, that's just a, a bunch of hopelessness because these people don't have hope in God, hope in Christ. I have hope in Christ that there's nothing in the scriptures that say the zombies are going to attack. Amen. That there are that there are no zombies. That the only people that have ever raised from the dead were first of all Jesus. There were others that raised from the dead, but they didn't go around eating people. And there were there were uh, Old Testament saints that rose from the dead when Jesus rose from the dead. And they walked around Jerusalem, and, you know, that, they weren't there to scare anybody, though. And we know what the Scripture says about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians. It says, when we rise from the dead, we're going to be putting on a new body. It's going to be incorruptible. It's going to not decay. And so to think that someone's going to come back to life as a zombie, that half of their face is rotted off, or you know they're walking with a limp because they were, had their legs shot. Now that's that again is fearfulness. That's the enemy. Amen. And so we need to put our hope in Christ because it says in our main scripture, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now I must tell you that then that word in, in the scripture is not the word for phobia. That word phobia is used a lot in scripture, and that's what we kind of put fear into that category. Fear of zombies, fear of night, fear of being in tight places, fear of meeting people, you know, fear of heights, all of those things. What do we do when we're faced with those fears? We submit ourselves unto God. That's what we do with anything. We submit ourselves unto God. We resist the devil and he flees. Because fear is not of God. That phobia is not of God. Well, the other word for fear that's used here, I got I to go back to point number three. If we fail, it's not God's fault. We can't say to God and stand up before him on judgment day and say, 
Well, God, I failed, but you weren't there for me. He's always there for you if we look for him. You know, we did a little uh, thing in this Sozo ministry that we had, and it was really great. And, and we, we got to do it. Just close your eyes for just a minute. I want to do this with you. Think of the place where you would want to meet Jesus, right? Think of that place. Now, to me, it was a beach. Because I just love I just love to go down and walk on the beach, nice and peaceful with the waves. Think of that place where you want to meet Jesus. It, there's a door there. Go up and knock on the door. What did Jesus say in Revelation 3:20? He is knocking at our door. He says, "If you will open to him, open to him, he will come in and sup with you, and you with him." But if we knock on his door, he's going to be there. So as you go in, you walk with. Jesus, on the beach or through the woods or wherever you're walking, and and uh, or you and you have the Holy Spirit. I sense the Holy Spirit; He's flying overhead, you know, and kind of just flying all around me, and that's a wonderful thing. And then the Father is there, you know. But Jesus is standing between me and the Father because that's what He does, you know, with His blood. And th- this is a wonderful place to be. I would challenge you and encourage you to go there. Again, so now you can open up your eyes so I don't lose you to sleep, all right? But do that. Do that little exercise, Nelson. That'd be good, you know, to visualize. It's what's called visualizing, not negative things, not the things of the world, but visualizing your walk with the Lord. All right, so if we fail then, number three, it's not God's fault because he wants to walk with us. You know, I miss the old hymns sometimes. And, uh, you know, I love the I love this music we sing now, Zach. Don't get me wrong. But I miss the old hymns like uh, Just a Closer Walk With Thee or I Come to the Garden Alone and Jesus is There. You know, those are those are hymns that have touched my heart as I was growing up. And but, you know, these hymns, these sing songs we sing now touch our hearts. They minister to us like the one we sang tonight about having him be in the first place. That's important for us to do that. If we put him in the first place, we will win every time. If we put him in first place, the enemy has to flee. If we put him in first place, he will take care of everything. We just lay it at his feet and say, here it is, Lord, here's the situation. You you ever do that with... Sister Virginia, did you ever do that with Sherman? Uh, If you're like me, I've done that because I believe the Lord gave Stephanie to me. And sometimes we have a little bit of disagreement. Oh, you guys don't have that? Oh, okay. (laughs) But you know what I pray? I say, Lord, you gave me this woman. You talk to her. You help. Oh, he does that with you. Okay. (laughs) But you know what? The Lord takes care of it. He does. Because in any situation, even if it's a job, you know, we say, Lord, you were not surprised at this day. You were not surprised. You knew everything that was going to happen to me in my job, in my situation. You knew it. And you are able to take care of it. Praise the Lord. He is able. Now, Getting now to number four, this word for fear here in this passage, where it says God has not given us the spirit of fear. It's still a spirit, even though it's not phobia, because remember I said phobia is that word for terror, where they might try to, you know, make you really scared, you know, that something's going to happen to you, you know. And, and uh, But the word that is used here is the word Dalius is how you pronounce that. Dalius, which means cowardice or timidity. Paul was telling Timothy, because and remember Pastor Zach's been talking about 1 Timothy, how Timothy was faced with all of these situations. And now in 2 Timothy, he's telling him, <coughs> don't let the spirit of fear, timidity, or cowardice overtake you. Because that doesn't come from God. Let me give you an example. I remember the first time that I ever gave a prophetic word. 
Do you remember that? What? I was in the choir. This was in a Assembly of God church up in Petoskey, Michigan, but it was more like a Methodist church. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, it was not given to displays of the Holy Spirit is what I'm trying to say. We had a, a time in the service after the praise and worship, and all of a sudden, just burst out of me this word of prophecy. Word of, it was like an exhortation. You know, God didn't give me a fear of, or a timidity at that point. He gave me a boldness to speak it out. And when you have a word of the Lord, Tanya, it was good of you to come up and testify tonight. That ministered to me and to other people. Because when you do that, not only does it minister to people, but it also tells the devil what side you're on. That you're on the Lord's side. And you know, when we're on the Lord's side, He fights the battles for us. He's our strength. He's our help. Amen. Praise the Lord. But that, you know what, I was had been so quiet, I'm going, getting back to that first time, I had been so quiet in my uh, worship and in, and in all my demeanor in church that it scared the, everybody, including the pastor, when I did that. <laughs> so you might scare people when you're bold, but that's all right if you're doing what the Lord says to do. And I challenge you to do that. Don't be fearful. Yeah, and another thing, too, you know, I remember the one of the first times as an adult that I raised my hands in worship because the enemy would like for you to say, think, oh, boy, if I raise my hands, everybody's going to be looking at me. Maybe I should look at everybody else. Has anybody got their hands raised up anybody else? And then I can do it. But you know what? Who Who is that? That's the enemy not wanting you to worship the Lord. And the same thing with kneeling. You know, hey, if you feel impressed to kneel, it don't come from the devil. If you feel impressed to kneel in praise and worship or at any time in the service, it don't come from the enemy. If you feel impressed to kneel, it don't come from yourself because yourself would not want to kneel. It comes from the Holy Spirit encouraging you to kneel in God's presence. And I would just challenge you to do that. What a, what a great thing. You know, one of the, in the Great Awakenings, one of the things that was marked in those situations was that people would be so overcome with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that they would be on their knees and on their faces crying out to God in the service while the minister was preaching. Because there was a great move of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And that, that's what, you know, we don't need to be afraid or timid or cowardly to do that. If God tells us to do that, we need to do it. Amen. And the same thing with these flags that we use here in the service. If I'm flying the flag, it's because the Holy Spirit's prompted me to fly the flag. I mean, wave the flag around. Now, you're welcome to come and do that. If the Holy Spirit's leading you to do that, I want you to do it too. Just don't hit anybody in the head. All right? Stand on the wall or something like that. But worship the Lord freely because He wants you to. Amen. If you feel that you want to testify or witness to someone, well, you're thinking of those. Well, if I do that, what will they think of me? Well, what do they think of you already? Do they think you're a nut already? What, what does it matter then? If they think you're a nut, you can say, well, at least I'm fastened to the right bolt. <laughs> and his name is Jesus, right? So, you know, if they think you're a nut, what does it matter? Because we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the king of the universe in this building, but out there as well. And he is worthy of our praise. And if we feel prompted, like I was last week, I felt prompted to, to pray with a lady because she was complaining about a sore tooth. And I went out of the, I thought to pray for her. And 
I was distracted, and I walked outside the building, and I walked back in. And I said, can I pray for you and your tooth? And she said, well, yeah. So I took her hand, and I quietly prayed for her. I didn't cry out and say, Lord, come down and pray and minister to her. I didn't do that. I mean, we don't have to make a, dis- a big display. Jesus hears you anyway, right? I just said, Father, thank you for this day. Minister your healing now in Jesus' name. Just simple like that. And you know what? I didn't bring it up when I saw it again because I, it had completely skipped my mind. But when I saw her again, she said to me, Hey, my tooth got better right away. Because the Lord does it. All the glory belongs to Him. But we need to be, you know, God is waiting to do miracles through us if we would listen. And if someone comes to us and says, I've got a need, well, can I pray with you? Is it okay? Don't tell them, don't, please don't tell them, well, I'll put you on the prayer list. Don't tell them that. Pray for them right then. Amen? Amen. Don't be fearful. Don't be timid. All right, let's go on here. It says here that God's not giving us a spirit of fear. And I like to take that that little phrase, a spirit, God ha- instead of, and take the knot out of it, so and say, God has given us a spirit of, because it says, but of power. So God has given us a spirit of power. What did the Lord Jesus promise in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8? He said, but you shall receive power. Same word, dunamis is what the word is. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. By the way, the word witnesses is the word martyrus from where we get martyr from. So what Jesus was telling them is the Lord is going to give you the power, the strength, the ability to testify for him even if it costs you your life. And to be bold even to the very end. Read, read Fox's Book of Martyrs. That's a great example. There's a lot of information in there about how people stood in the face of persecution and did not deny Christ. Even if they were stoned or burned alive at the stake, they did not deny Christ because they were faithful to the very end. They were, they were faithful with witness. Amen. Because the power of the Holy Spirit was upon them. Now, we had a thing when I pastored in the Assemblies of God where if we had a, a what's called a deacon board, right? And in order for, for a person to be on the deacon board, they had to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so, we, when we projected people to apply for that position and to be voted on, we said, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they might say, well, yeah, 20 years ago when I was a kid, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see, but they weren't, they weren't uh, exercising the gifting of the, the tongues, nor were they where it was the Holy Spirit moving in their life necessarily. The criteria was just that they had spoken in tongues one time. Well, what does the Word tell us? That we want to, we should be continually being filled with Holy Spirit. Continually. Now, I went to work, you know, I'm, I'm, Stephanie and I bought a new house, and we're trying to get on more or less one level, right? And, so get away from the stairs because I like to fall up the stairs. No, I don't like to fall up the stairs, but I, that's happened. And the, the last time it happened, about over a year ago, I changed my hairstyle. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Yeah, because I was combing my hair back, and the abrasion was right at my hairline. And I thought, man, I can still feel it. It's still tender. <laughs> but I felt like if I didn't cover that up, some of you people might think I was, uh, you know, scary. 
So I didn't want to do that. So I covered it up. Anyway, so now we're getting we're getting at a different house. So I am building a, a ramp at the new house. So I got my power tools. Man, I have used this power tool. It it does a great job. Even though it's man, it's got to be 15 years old. It lasts a long time. Well, maybe my usage was only occasional for a while, but I've used it a lot more since then. You know what? I don't, I don't have any. I can't. It doesn't go around and around. How come? Huh? There's no power to it, right? There's no power. And you know what? I I hate to admit this, but I plugged the batteries in Monday night in the garage. So they would recharge overnight. And I forgot that I had done that. And so when I got in my car to go 10 miles away onto the east side of town from the north side, I got out and I was getting ready to work on the deck so I can have a ramp for Stephanie. And I didn't have any power. Didn't have any power. How many times have we as Christians gone out to be a witness for the Lord or in our daily life and we have lacked the power. We got out there and we got the tool. Maybe we've been to a class. Maybe we've, we've understood the word, but we don't have the power that's connected to that. Wow. Interesting, isn't it? And the interesting thing, interesting thing, ooh, interesting thing is that when I put that power on, it works just fine. Now, I must say, it is a rechargeable battery. So with my much usage on doing the deck, I have two batteries. And so I get to a point where this battery no longer works. So I have to put it on the charger and get a new battery. In your Christian life, you can't do that. But you do have to recharge your batteries. How do we recharge our batteries? Get in the Word. Read the Word. How do we recharge our batteries? Pray. How do we recharge our batteries? Be in fellowship. These are all ways that we recharge our batteries. And another great way we recharge our batteries is just simply telling other people what Jesus has done for us. It's amazing what that does to our spirit. As we testify, it reminds us of what God did. Amen. So Holy Spirit came to give us power, but it is number number six now. It is up to us to connect and to stay connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't just expect, you know, like John Donne, he wrote this short poem years ago, uh, you know, I don't know, two or three hundred years ago. Uh, you know, he says, batter my heart, three-person God. But that's the only line I remember. But, you know, it stuck with me because he was saying, God, you have to do it. I'm here on the earth. You just beat me up if you have to. Beat my heart up, but bring me to you. No. What's the scripture say in James? It says, submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Then resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. But our part is simply to submit to the Lord. Because the Lord is the power. In all the battles that Jesus has ever fought, has he ever been defeated? Not one. So therefore, if there is a battle that you're going through, Call on Jesus. He's your helper. Now, I told you I was building a deck, right? So, I just had it up here in my mind. I've never gone to school to build a deck. I didn't look on YouTube to build a deck. I just had it in my mind. And even when I went to RP Lumber, I had to tell them what I needed because they didn't know what to tell me. Right? I'm just saying. But... So I had to tell them the lumber that I needed. But you know what? When I got out there, I was frequently 
asking the carpenter for help, Brother Sherman. I was saying, Jesus, I need to know what to do. I need to know how this is going to be right, how it's going to be solid, how it's going to be something that will be of benefit to myself and Stephanie and anybody else that comes. Hey, it was tested today. You know why? We had a 200-pound refrigerator delivered, and it stood the test. <laughs> because the main carpenter knew what to do. Now, let me tell you something else about this. Here's something else. This, this is a great point, and I shared it with Pastor Kevin, and he said, that's another great point. Because I was working on it, and I put two other joists on there underneath it to support it in the middle because it was a little bouncy. And so I put two joists in. Man, it took me, I'd say, 45 minutes to an hour to put the first one on. I was down there in the ground trying to figure out how to support that and get it to stay up so I could get the screws in it and all that because I was all alone. Nobody was there. And no, not saying anything to anybody because you guys got stuff to do on your own. But then you know what? Derek came by to talk to me about the water because he works for the water company. And he said, before he left, he said, is there anything else I can do for you? And I said, well, can you hold this board up while I put a screw in it? And you know, it took us five minutes. What am I saying, people? I'm saying we can be on our own. We can have Jesus. We can have the Holy Spirit. But you know what? If we reach out to our brothers and sisters, it's going to go a lot better and a lot faster. That's just such a wonderful thing when we work together. When we work together. I want to go on and talk about love now. Number seven, Holy Spirit gives us love. Now, the word for love here is the word agape. This is the word that is used throughout the New Testament for Christian love. It's agape love. It is the word that means unconditional love. Let's look at an example of that in Luke 23. Jesus is hanging on the cross. We know that he went to the cross, right? Here's what he says. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. It doesn't specify in the scriptures who he was talking about. We could run the list. Father, forgive the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Father, forgive Judas even. For his betrayal. Forgive the disciples for running away. Father, forgive the Roman soldiers for putting these nails in me. Forgive the, the one who beat me with the rod. Well, that's pretty horrible stuff. Boy, he had a right to stand up and to say, I don't like this and I, I am tired of this and this is painful and I don't deserve this. could have, but he didn't. And how many times have all of us, I have, you have, run into a situation in our life where someone has done us bad. And we might say, I don't deserve that. And we look back to Jesus' example. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right now, think of that person that's done you wrong. Might have been 20 years ago. Might have been when you were a child. Might have been yesterday. Think of them right now. Say it with me. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow. When we do that, it lifts the burden off of our shoulders. Because if we carry that, it drags us down. It tears at us. It hurts us. And you know, that other person, they may not even know that they have done anything. Or they may not even give it a second thought. You know, but if you will forgive with that, God will give you that agape love for them. That love that is unconditional, that says, I will love you regardless, whatever you have done. I may not, I may not agree with your situation, 
I may not agree with how you handled that, but I love you. I love you. Perfect love. That what's it do? It casts out fear. Perfect love. And if we, as we love, that helps us to walk in that with the peace of God. Where does that love come from? Romans 5, 5. Here's what it says. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I like the King James Version better there in this passage because it says the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God was just shed abroad or spread out in us. Poured into us. As we submit this hurt, this pain to the Lord, and we say, Lord, this is yours. You died for it. Jesus, you took it to the cross. We give it to you. And when we do that, he gives us the love by his Holy Spirit to walk in. I hope that frees somebody up. (laughs) I want to talk about love a little bit more. Because I gave you the illustration of the power drill. I want to talk about love because this is a ring that Stephanie gave me. It's not the ring that we gave each other when we got married, but it, but it's a ring that she gave me. And when I marry someone, you know, when I do the ceremony, what I do when they exchange rings is this. I hold the ring up, and Pastor Kevin does this, and I'm sure Brother Zach, does, Pastor Zach does it as well, that I hold the ring up and I say, this ring that you are giving to one another is an example of the love that you have for one another. You see, let me, let me tell you this. If the love that you have for your spouse or for your beloved Rowena, and that's an old Andy Griffith saying, okay, for your beloved Rowena is only based on the physical, men, you're going to get flabby and sometimes have a pooch. And you're going to reduce in size and in stature. Yeah, I know I've done all those things, but and women, you're going to get gray, and you know your some of your beauty may fade. But if you have the unconditional agape love for one another, that love never ends. Just like the ring goes in a circle and it never ends. That love never ends because I choose then to love. I choose to love. And then, just like Pastor Kevin has said many times, feelings follow after we do the right thing. But doing the right thing doesn't follow our feelings. Right? And usually, too, the wedding ring is made of gold. Now, I don't know if this ring is made of gold or not, but usually it's made of gold, and that speaks of the purity of the relationship. So that's interesting. And the love of God is like that with us. Now, if you are not married, and you say, well, what, what do I do? What about me? I don't have a wedding ring to remind me of love. Did you know that the uh, Catholic nuns wear a ring? You know what that ring symbolizes? Their marriage to Christ. So, I challenge you, if you got a ring, just take a ring and put it on and say, Jesus, I'm married to you. And wear that ring, and nobody else has to know, but you know. And it is a reminder of your love for Jesus and also for how much he loves you. And every time you look at that ring, you can say, Jesus loves me unconditionally. He loves me when I'm happy. He loves me when I'm grouchy. He (laughs) he loves me. (laughs) He loves me regardless of anything. His love never ends. It never fails. Wow. Praise the Lord. All right. Going on. Number eight. Holy Spirit also gives us a sound mind. Mm. 
sound mind. Wow. Books have been written about the battlefield of the mind, haven't they? And how we, we are in a battlefield for our faith. It's right in our mind, but right between our ears, right? And it's a daily thing. And, you know, uh, back when I was in high school, I would go to school and I had a paper route <coughs> after school was over. I would go to school and in the gym class, boys will be boys, and the boys that were not Christians would just talk with real foul mouths, you know, and and that would bother me. And I'd get my papers and I'd be walking along, you know, trying to think the right things, but the words that they would say would bother me. So you know what I started doing? I started doing like this. Get out in Jesus' name. Get out. And Sister Virginia, if you ever saw me in those days back in the 60s, walking down the street, yeah, I looked like a jerk because that was what I was doing. I tell you, that's not the way to deal with those things. But because Holy Spirit is going to give you a sound mind if you go to Him. And, you know, interesting thing that happened this evening. When Philip and, and Zach got here ahead of me, uh, this room was dark. And, and an interesting thing happened. They didn't cast the darkness out. Did you know that? They just turned the light on. There's a spiritual lesson. If you've got the enemy attacking your mind, then you need to turn on more of the light of Jesus Christ. <laughs> used to work pest control. And you know, sometimes at night, the cockroaches come out. But if you turn the light on, they're going to all run for the dark. You turn the light on in your situation, the enemy's going to run from you. Amen. All right, a couple of, couple of things that I read. Or, well, one I read and the other one Brother Zach shared with me. Uh, Vincent says, two things I read. Vincent says, sound mind is the ability to generate in others or ourselves a sound mind. So what kind of sound mind do we have and are we presenting that to other people so that when we see somebody else that has a problem or a situation, do we help comfort them? Do we help strengthen them? Do we point them to Jesus and say, here's your answer? You know, that's what Vincent, the uh, commentator, was saying. Josephus, early church historian, said this. An admonishing or calling to soundness of mind, so that to moderation and self-control. Moderation and self-control. So that's what Josephus thought of a sound mind. Moderation and self-control. And, and that's good. Then... The Spanish interpretation, and this is what Brother Zach shared with me, uh, that Xavier uh, had said, told him, Xavier Vasquez. The Spanish interpretation of that is, God has given us the spirit of a sound mind. Remember that. God has given us dominion over your thoughts. We have dominion over our thoughts. Okay, let me explain it. Is every thought that comes into your mind your thought? No, it's not. Right, Danielle? It's not. It comes from three different sources. It, well, it's four different sources. It could come from me. It could come from the Lord. It could come from the enemy. Or it could come from other people around me. Those are four sources of my thoughts. But I can take dominion over my thoughts so that I don't have to listen to what the enemy is saying about me. Because the enemy is saying I'm defeated. Jesus is saying I'm victorious. The enemy is saying I'm sick. Jesus is saying I am healed. Amen? The enemy is saying you're defeated. Jesus is saying you are victorious in my name. 
people may say about you, you're done. They may look at you and say, you're worthless. But Jesus looks at you and he says, you are a jewel in my crown. You are precious in my sight. You are the apple of my eye. That's how Jesus thinks of you. And you may think of yourself as, well, I've never done anything right. Or I've never done anything big. But Jesus thinks of you this way. You were right in choosing me. You were right in serving me. And if you stick with me, Jesus says, you watch and see what I will do in your life and through your life. And he says that on the basis of this word that says, with God, nothing is impossible. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me? I think I shouldn't have done that illustration about jerking around. My neck is sore now. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you try to do things on your own. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you would forgive us of being fearful or timid. Forgive us for opening doors, Lord. If, if we have watched horror movies or if we have listened to people who say that we are nothing, and that we'll never amount to anything. Forgive us, Lord, for all of that, Lord, and help us to come fully to surrender unto you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we can walk in your power. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that your love not only ministers into our hearts, but flows out from us when we meet other people. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit, so that our mind can be sound and we can take dominion over every thought and bring it into captivity into Jesus Christ. We thank you for each one that's here tonight and those that are watching online. We pray your blessing upon each one as they go their way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.